Welcome to Your Best Bets, episode 177. Uh, two years ago, we did a rewatch of one of our favorite sports movies, Days of Thunder. And really, it's kind of a crime that it's gone this long where we've done another rewatch, but we're trying to crank these back up. Um, I consider this a, a battle episode. So if you're listening down the road at a random time, you can always pop these on. Um, no matter what's going on in the sports world uh, compared to the other episodes we put out. Um, so I kind of like that. Uh, Tim Miller is here. The last time we did this, there was four of us. Uh, with the rewatch of Days of Thunder tonight, it's just two of us doing the rewatch of Tin Cup. Tim, welcome. What's up, man? It's been a, it's been a while since I've been on, I believe. Um, but I do feel special that you would invite me in for this one because i think uh these are always fun and uh it was good to rewatch the movie and uh yeah i'm i'm kind of excited for this and uh to, to get your take on some of these topics that you've uh you've came up with it it should be pretty good i also want to say we just talked about episode 177 i remember when you brought this like to me about this podcast and I was like, hell yeah, I think that's a great idea. I just want to say it's awesome that you're on 177. I'm proud of you. I think you do a really good thing that I don't, that I think you kind of overlook. And that's the, the, the local golf and engagement, engagement, I think is very big. I've had strangers come up to me because I had the shirt on and mention stuff. And I just think, I think you're, you're, you've done a great job. And I think, uh, I just want to say I'm happy for you. I mean, 177 episodes. I'm not sure either one of us would have thought that when you first brought it to me that, yeah, we should give this a shot. I think it'd be cool, but it's like a thing now. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, yeah. Well, three and a half years in, don't know where we're going with it still. And, uh, but I will say it, it has been a true collaboration uh, yourself, Johnny, uh, Fitzgerald, uh, Scott Pierre, um, uh, Zach Lear, just guys coming on and just being part of it, even, you know, just, just some other guys here and there. So, uh, it, it's been nice to, to have that collaboration and, and do some local golf stuff, do some pro golf stuff, do some other sports, do weird shit like this, uh, once in a while. And, uh, yeah, I think we got a good, good set of shows coming for 24 with a lot of local golf stuff coming and, um, and, and just some off the wall stuff ideas I have that I want to keep, keep spending forward. Uh, I want to do more of these uh, because there's a lot of, a lot of sports movies I like to get into. And I know you and I have just talked about them over the years. We've talked about Hoosiers, um, uh, you know, coming up at some point, we've got to do that. It's just as far as an all timer, um, I don't know if Tin Cup is in that category, but I think it's arguably it's in the conversation, at least with best golf movies uh, of all time. Um, I'm not even sure it's a movie about golf after I rewatched it. Right. I mean, I think it's a movie about uh, uh, kind of going for it in life and then golf's in the background, but we can get into that. Um, 
it had been two or three years since I had seen this movie and I, there were pieces I forgot. I forgot it was as long as it was um, over two hours. It was a long long. movie. Um, There were parts where I was like, yeah, this wasn't, this wasn't real necessary or I don't remember this part being drawn out as much, but there are parts where I was like, Oh, the, the, the golf scenes in here are better than I remember. Um, more realistic than I remember. Um, there's all obviously some of the, the, the specifics that we'll get into that of course are not as realistic, but, um, I enjoyed it again. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's the most accurate portrayal of golf in the world, but it might be the most accurate portrayal of golf on, in a movie that is out there. Yeah. I, I, I kind of felt the same way. I, for some reason watching it this time, it felt more about life and just using golf, uh, in a way to describe life. But I kind of gained the same thing that, that, uh, it's about going for it. And, uh, no laying up kind of mentality. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it is a good, it's a good movie for golf in 1996. Cause that's some of the funny stuff um, that I noticed, you know, fashion and uh, you know, some of those things that you see in that movie, it's hard to believe that 1996 was as long ago as it actually is, you know, like that's getting old is, pretty wild so um but yeah i'm i'm ready to get into it and uh some of these topics i think should get pretty interesting because uh we usually see eye to eye but then there's always a few things that we're not going to see eye to eye on so i'm i'm ready for that all right so off the top if you have no idea what's what this movie is about um Again, as you just mentioned, release in uh, August of 1996. Um, I just had it up on IMDb, and now I lost it. Um, Bad audio here. Um, All right, so Tinko. This is now per Wikipedia. Um, 1996 American romantic comedy and sports film co-written and directed by Ron Shelton. Got some backstory on him. It's starring Kevin Costner, Rene Russo, Cheech, Cheech Marin, and Don Johnson in major supporting roles. The film generally received positive reviews, performed monetarily at the box office, grossing $75 million against a $45 million budget, so it made $30 million. Costner received a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor, actor that year. Not actor. Um, <laughs> so largely the movie, the plot is this kind of washout, talented golfer who we don't really know his full history, but we know he's at this point, he's he's kind of a wasted talent that's toiling away in West Texas, running a driving range that is broken down. He can't report, doesn't want to report uh, the any earnings to the IRS um, meets this attractive uh, lady that's that's there for a lesson. That's kind of spirals the whole for- story forward, where he ends up trying to impress her, qualifying for the U.S. Open, um, and then finds out he's uh, or she's dating one of the guys on tour that he used to go to college with, played by Don Johnson, um, fabulously played by Don Johnson. I want to talk about that and uh, really gets into 
the local sectional qualifying at the U.S. Open, that story, and then eventually the U.S. Open. Um, but this caster, the, the, the character he plays is just this tortured soul, especially from a golf standpoint where he's got all the talent in the world, but poor decision-making, has the balls to do things that um, – you know, no, most players wouldn't and the talent to do it, but usually at a cost at some point, it all falls apart. It's like a house of cards. Um, so I'm, I'm going to throw some, some just kind of facts about the movie and then we'll, we'll get into some of the discussion. Um, number one movie in the theaters when it came out, it, uh, when it was released again, um, you know, we saw Gary McCord a lot in the movie. Um, well, I'm not maybe not a lot, but just in some moments as a golfer, then the broadcaster part during the U.S. Open, he was um, really the guy that helped kind of bring the movie together behind the scenes. He brought a lot of the pro guys on uh, for cameos. He's the one that taught uh, Costner his uh, his swing. I mean, it was a homemade swing from nothing to where it got into the movie. Um, a lot of the behind the scenes stories ended up coming to fruition in the movie. Um, the the Pelican scene um, that we'll talk about. And then also the, um, you know, the very final scene that happened in real life to McCord at the, the St. Jude Classic. He made a 16 um, in a real event in the 80s. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting that, that McCord was kind of the linchpin of making the movie happen. Um, but I just think this movie is, it, it is one of those, when I see it on cable, I will, and we talk about these a lot with, um, I know one of our personal favorites, Swister, whenever I see it on, I stop and watch it. And I, I have done that over the years with Tin Cup, but I haven't watched it in full, um, you know, until we purposely rewatched it for, for, for this project. So I, I guess my starting point is, we kind of deemed it not necessarily a movie about golf, but golf is the vehicle for the theme of the movie, which is don't lay up in life, go for it. Um, but there might be some car crashes along the way with that attitude. For sure. For sure. The Gary McCord stuff is very interesting to me. I just found that out today. I did not know. Uh, I was trying to prep for this and not, you know, come on here and be a complete fool. Uh, so I, I read that and, you know, I read that he had taught uh, Costner to swing. Thought that was pretty interesting. I think Gary McCord's kind of awesome. So I just like, I, I just like him. So I think, uh, I think it's cool that he had so much input uh, in the movie. Uh, I kind of feel bad for any of the shitty things that I've ever said about the movie uh, because one thing that you got into was, you know, he fell for Renee Russo, <clears throat> Molly, who a mm -hmm. uh, very attractive woman. I just don't know about that. You know, like I, maybe it's just because she was like 90s hot. But like. For me, I don't find her that attractive, you know, and I, I, he was so I believe he said smitten many times in the one scene about her from the first time he saw her. And I thought, eh, you know, OK, but. To each his own. I th I thought she was a smoke show in the movie. 
So oh uh, shit, I did. <laughs> I, I I was I was <laughs> kind of I was kind of astounded. I was like, oh my god. I was kind of I was kind of all about her after the movie. <laughs> this must be a like a, a an age gap thing between us that, uh, or, or I'm sure there's plenty of men my age that thought she was hot then, think she's hot now. It, it's just not. There's just something, and, and I think a lot of it in this specific movie is her character, and we'll get into that a little bit. But like, I didn't like her character in the movie. You know, like there's there's a, there's a, some serious flaws in her character and uh some things just don't make sense but and maybe that's just being too critically but well there there, there is the picking nits section that that's my favorite I, yeah um i i i liked i i didn't feel the same way about her character i enjoyed her i thought the the chemistry between her and kevin costner worked a lot i think it was one of the main drivers of the movie and why I enjoyed watching their scenes together uh, from the very first scene with the, with the lesson in the first five minutes of the movie um, to the very end scene. I, I, I just, I dug them watching them together. That's that made the movie more enjoyable for me. And I, I so I, I see you shaking your head like, nah, that's well, not I, why I, I like disagree. I have to disagree on the chemistry part because I didn't feel like there was chemistry between them until the the main scene, the the iconic scene from the movie. I thought that originally, like in the beginning, um, it was weird between them when she first came to the range and she was trying to be this, you know, intelligent doctor chick and uh, that. And then they go out in the range a little bit and she's got all of her gear and they're just, to me, there wasn't a connection at all. And then even when you know, like deeper in the movie, when she followed him on the event, when he was breaking all his clubs, uh, mm -hmm. the qualifier, like it just, to me, it wasn't believable. Now the very end where she told him to go for it and she kept telling him to go for it. And then he carried her off and all that stuff. I believed it then, but I didn't believe it in the beginning. I didn't think the chemistry to me was way off, but hard disagree, hard disagree. So I guess, I, I guess, I guess we'll agree to disagree. Uh, okay. So what, what, what worked for you? What other parts worked for you in, in the movie? Hmm. Oh, I love any, any golf movie that has a lot of parallels to life. Like that kind of does it for me. That's why I'm a big Bagger Vance fan. Like I liked Bagger Vance because there's a lot of, there's just a lot of quotable stuff. Now I didn't realize this movie was as quotable as it is. And I have a list of quotes that I just, I heard them, I paused it and I wrote them down because I'm like, that's, that's a good one, you know, or that's something I say, or so it's very quotable. Um, I believe that's a, that's a good thing from the movie. Uh, and I think as far as like a, as a golf perspective, I think we've all been, anybody who's played golf for a long time has been in a situation to where, you know, you, you go for it or you lay up and, and it, it feels like that shot is going to make or break the day. And there's, there's something about the adrenaline in that moment, especially when you have the confidence that you can do it. I can totally see how I don't think I've ever really had a tin cup moment, you know, like I, I just, 
I give up, you know, I get sick of losing balls. Um, but I think we've all had that moment where there's, there feels like there's that much pressure on that one swing. It may not be the last approach shot. It could be somewhere in the middle of the round, but we've all felt it. And so I guess we, as golfers get that part of it. Yeah. I was actually, while watching the movie, I was, and knowing you and I were going to be doing the pod, I, I was thinking you you actually play golf more like David Sims. And I play. For sure, it, for sure. I would, I play closer to Roy McAvoy, even not, not to that extent, but just our styles of play line up with those, the way those guys play. Um, if, if we had. Well, I think that's. I think that's going to change for me this year. I think, uh, you know, uh, with everything that's happened recently, like I, I do want to go for it more. I, here's the, I feel like I am so scared of making a bogey that I'm just trying to make par. I'm not out there trying to make birdies. And I think there's even a line in this movie where he says, uh, he says to Sims, he says, make more birdies. And I think you have to be, you know, you, you can't, uh, I mean, it's fine to like manage the game and just par par can win a tournament. Sometimes par is good enough, but like I've played with that mentality a long time. It hasn't really helped me. So time to start rolling the dice. And from my perspective, I, I think my best results tournament-wise, or probably when I've played closer to David Sims' style of golf. <laughs> um, I think back to my how well I played for most of the 2022 City, where I played as conservative as I've ever played, and my my results bared out as positively as they ever had for me. Um, so it's kind of funny, because maybe, maybe it will help us both playing an opposite style a little bit more, is favoring that. For sure. Um, what else I enjoyed about this was, and, and so you, I, I, I know, I know how strongly you feel about the Rene Russo character and her. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm on the other side. That's fine. I, I just feel like the, the, the three main characters in it, and if you want to argue Romeo with with Cheech Marin as the fourth, I just thought they were all perfectly played. Um, I love Costner in this movie. I just, I just thought he was. You know, at moments obnoxious and arrogant, but it, it works. And then other times he's super vulnerable and, um, you know, showing signs of weakness, but also knowing he has just this this talent and confidence to to get it done. I just I just loved his character. I loved how he played it. Um, and then I I was kind of curious. You know, I looked. I'm like, how old was he when he did this when he did this movie? I I, I just couldn't remember his age because you know I know he's been doing Yellowstone lately and and all that, but he was one year older than me when he filmed this. I couldn't believe it. Uh, 41. And um, he had, I mean, he has this run of sports movies. And I was looking at his Wikipedia page earlier today. I mean, he did Bull Durham. He did, of course, Field Dreams. Uh, this movie uh, later on did... Uh, the love of the game where he's like an old aging pitcher um did draft day in the 2010s which i never saw where he's the browns gm uh 
And then uh, I think the other last one was McFarland USA. You ever seen that one? Nope. Okay. That is a, that is a really good feel good. It's a Disney movie about him coaching these uh, New Mexico kids on, uh, as a uh, cross country team based on a true story. Really good. Um, but Coster kind of has these love of sports movies and he's kind of, kind of killed uh, starring in them and just portraying these characters. So I don't know what you thought about his performance. I think his performance was good. His character was a little confusing to me at times though, because he was, so, he seemed so well loved by his group of people. And uh, I mean, obviously not by Sims as much, but still kind of because Sims still came back and asked him to caddy in the, uh, the charity event. But like, Generally speaking, he was an asshole, a narcissistic asshole to anyone that was close to him, especially his best friend, Romeo, who never let him down, but he constantly let Romeo down. And so, like, his character, but then, like, those moments of weakness that you talk of, like, they weren't believable to me. They seemed almost like a person that, that treats people that way isn't going to have that side that they show very often and be believable. And maybe this is just from my past experience with people. So maybe that's a little unfair, but he seems narcissistic, you know, like, but also like he's so shitty to Romeo and, and that, that guy's like never leaves his side. So his character was confusing. I thought Costner was awesome. I think he played the character perfectly uh, it's just maybe the character was just more of an asshole but but also maybe that's just golfers you know golfers any good golfer that you've ever known is a little fucked up you know they've got something going on like it's just what it is we're all a little i don't want to put myself in that group so i'm not a good golfer but like you guys you're all fucked up a little bit so um yeah weird, I, weird, I, I thought weird breed yeah but i thought it was weird too that like they actually had him go through with going to therapy about a woman <laughs> to the woman you know like i just thought that was kind of a strange situation but it was kind of a dumb part of the movie yeah yeah that was one of those parts that i did not remember from the last time i watched it um yeah and I guess that's that's that was the purpose was her for her to find out how he felt about her, but probably could have did it a different way for sure. Um, yeah. And, and we find out that she's probably more like him than she that that she even realized. Um, in, insecure about herself and doubts about herself and kind of trying to find her way in this new career that she's in, and then. Um, being drawn Can we touch to on that for just a second? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, well, okay. so we were talking about this last night we were watching, and it's not something I noticed last summer when I watched it. It was just last night because I was paying more attention, but she's supposed to be like new to the business of being a shrink, but she's an actual doctor, so that would mean that she'd have to have like a doctorate. Like, mm-hmm. the fuck is that possible? <laughs> like, how is that believable even? Like, so you just go from like getting your doctorate and just deciding like you don't do any prep work or any work in the field before that. It just, that seemed weird to me too, that 
uh, I just wanted to do something else. So I just went and got a doctorate real quick and became a psychiatrist, you know, or a psychologist either way. But so, yeah, I don't know how you feel about that, but I thought that was a weird part of her character that just didn't make sense. I didn't, I didn't think about it too much. I guess it's just one of those movie things where you're just like, Oh, okay. And maybe that's the difference to you and I, I just, I just accept it. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I also have, I'm also watching a movie with one of the more analytical people that I know. So even if I'm not thinking it, Amanda's saying something that puts something in my head and I'm like, yeah, that's fucking bullshit. That's stupid that they did it that way. So yeah, she, <laughs> she has a little bit to do with that. Cause I do look at things different because she notices things that I, I, I would have never, it would have went right over my head. Costner. So, so we both liked the performance Thought he thought he played it great. Costner as, as a golfer, believable. Oh yeah. I think so. I think he, I mean, thought his swing looked pretty good. You know, the, mm -hmm. the Gary McCord swing, like, uh, I thought it looked pretty good. It was believable. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, all the way down to like when he had the shanks and and that whole situation. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I, if there's anything about the movie that I, I would have to appreciate is it's that Costner was a very believable professional golfer. You know, they always look so put together on TV, but you know, these guys, they all have their demons and they all fight through this stuff. I mean, golf's such a mental battle. And, you know, he, he used alcohol and he got by with the sauce. So uh, I'm sure a lot of those guys do too. So I think it was, yeah, very well done. I agree. And I, I, I thought the swing was believable. I thought, um, I even was looking at the, you know, the, the scenes where he was putting and that, you know, who knows how many takes it, it, it took for him to make a, you know, when he had the record setting second round at the US Open, how many takes it took for him to make a 15 footer. But those looked, those look good. I even, and just kind of a larger commentary about, about the movie, I, as golf nerds like you and I, and, and probably other, a lot of others, I, I appreciated just some of the small talk, like talking about hitting the cut three wood or, um, you know, hooding, hooding a seven iron to keep it low or just, just little pieces like that, that made me as a golfer kind of like, okay, they're, they're, they're really trying to um, make this all believable with some of those pieces. Um, I just appreciated that a little bit more than when I would just, when I watched it a, a while back, you know, really focusing on, on the golf stuff, I guess. Yeah, I think that would probably be like deliberately targeted towards the golf people because I'm sure a lot of people who watch this movie don't know what hitting a cup means or hooding a, a four iron, you know. But being a golfer, that does kind of suck you in a little bit because it's like, yeah, I know what that shot is. I know trying to hit that shot and usually how it turns out. But yeah, I, I like that part of it. I didn't think of that part of it, but there was a lot of that little commentary and just like, you know, the Gary McCord parts. And the Jim Nance and having that commentary with them. And, you know, even the guy in the studio, when he's kind of talking shit about who's this tin cup guy, get him off there, you know, like, okay. There's I, that, that <laughs> I, I want to save him. That's, that's Frank Sharkinian, who was the real CBS producer back in the day in the nineties. And okay. he, he shows up in my, 
one of my categories. Uh, but I loved all that. I loved all that. The 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 Nance stuff. I read that he Nance was said that's one of the most fond memories of his career, broadcasting career, being involved in the in the movie and with McCord, uh, Venturi, Peter Costas, all these guys. So that that's me made it all feel like shit. You know, I'm really watching a major championship. Uh, you know, I can kind of immerse myself into that a little bit. And it's, it's all believable. Um, I guess I'm kind of molding some of our thoughts here with, with some of these uh, categories that we developed for days of thunder that, that I wanted to rerun. Um, I, I think we talked about the acting performances uh, quite a bit here. Rene Russo, Costner. Um, can we talk about Don Johnson a little bit here? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I had read that the other guys at the time that were that were rumored or either rumored for the part or they were the lead kind of uh, at one point they were the lead for the role Alec Baldwin, um, which would have been pretty interesting and I think he would have been I think it would have been pretty damn good because I love Alec Baldwin I think you do too. Uh, Pierce Brosnan was rumored at one point, Dennis Quaid, um, all those 90s guys. Pierce Brosnan would not have been believable as David Sims. But I think no, I, I think Don like I think Don Johnson was I think he was good. I think he was that kind of elitist country club type of feel, but also I don't know, like you know, the the whole line for the movie was, you know, he's 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 nice to pretty girls, but he's shitty to uh, old people, kids, and dogs. And uh, you know, finally saw it firsthand. I just liked I, I liked how he played the character. I liked how he played the role. Kind of a believable professional golfer, the conservative guy who always plays for fairways and greens and make a couple putts. Um, I don't Do we know. want to call anybody out on that? Anybody that we know. That as far plays as play- that way. <laughs> we, we, there's probably a few. We <laughs> plays could. David Sims style, but then actually, but uh, we don't need to. But it's always fun to like, <laughs> you know, just drop some names out there. Yeah, but no, I I thought uh, I thought, and I said at the beginning, I, I thought all four leads were good, and I, I put uh, I put him in that category. I thought he did a really nice job. Yeah, I, he was very believable, and there's just something about how put together Don. Johnson always is. He's, he's a handsome man, and especially in the 90s, it was like his heyday. Very good with the role. I do, I mean, I didn't do this recast by myself, but when we get to that, I think you'll be kind of interested in who uh, these characters I picked. Uh, I think the one I picked for him is pretty good. So, um, okay. but yeah, Don Johnson was good. I mean, he, he wasn't in the movie a ton. Um, but he was in there enough to basically know what their history was and that it was pretty checkered past. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought, I thought he was good, but I've never really been a Don Johnson fan. So like, I don't really give a shit that much, but like, yeah. Yeah. Never really thought of him too much, uh, outside of this movie. Uh, Cheech solid. Yeah, like you sure. like you said, nice is ride or die type of guy for sure. Um, you know, I, I loved I loved the 
and it's in my best scenes is the scene at the local open qualifier on what I think it's the 10th tee when they're just both breaking clubs over the knee and cause he won't, he doesn't want him to hit driver. Um, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that. I saw John, John Ligamazamo was, he was up for this role as well doing the research. So I think Cheech was the right call. Cheech was awesome. I, I think, and he can sing, you know, at the end of the movie, you get to hear him That's sing right. a little bit. That dude can actually right. sing like, I believe he's a very talented guy and he was very believable in this part. And, uh, you know, he seemed like he, he definitely loved tin cup because he ate shit from tin cup all the time and he kept coming back and he never left him. Uh, he stood out in the rain there while, uh, while, uh, cups in there banging Molly the night before the, the final round. And, uh, it was a, just a fucking downpour with lightning and shit. So, yeah, he's a good friend. He's the kind of friend, the loyal friend that you wish you had. And I feel like he was uh, very believable in that role. All right. So you, you talked about quotable movie, very quotable movie. I, I didn't I didn't see it the same way. And I only have three or four here. So what are some of the, the what are some of the, the, the ones that you consider the best? I'll just give you a couple of short. I mean, I probably have 10 or 12 here, but um, a couple that I, I like that aren't really that long. Uh, I never mess with the seven iron. I love my seven iron. So I love that quote. And he says it a couple of times. And mm-hmm. for some reason, that one kind of stuck with me. Um, when he was at therapy, she's like, uh, I only have 30 minutes and he's like 30 minutes. That's enough time. I'm not that fucked up. <laughs> I, did, I, did like that. I like that one. Uh, greatness courts failure. And that's kind of something we were talking about earlier. I, I like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, ride her till she bucks you or don't ride at all. Yeah. And I believe he's talking about his three wood and <laughs> that whole situation. Uh, my swing feels like an unfolded lawn chair. <laughs> I don't know oh, if you've ever felt like that when you get on the golf course and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Um, this sex and golf are the two things you don't have to be good at to enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The classic. Um, and probably my favorite because it's, it's one of those things that parallels uh, life. And it's when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment or it defines you. And I, that's probably my favorite quote from the movie. I had that one down as well. I, I, yeah, I agree. I think that's, it's kind of the whole thing, right? Like that's the whole whole thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I had a couple of those. I had, uh, I just like the way that Roy at the end, when after, after he blew the U S open, but, David made his, his typical par. He just, the way he said, nice par, David, as, as he walked away. I just like the way he said it. Um, Romeo to Roy at one point said, you'd bury yourself. Um, you'd bury yourself just to prove you could handle the shovel. Uh, I kind of like that because that's was kind of Roy's thing as well. And this one just made me laugh. Um, McCord, when he called, when he was the on-course reporter there on the, I think the second hole of the final round, when he said, I think he's going to try the old ricochet off the portalette with the hooded seven iron. He is. He's going to hit it right off the shitter. 
Um, I don't know if that's a quote, but it was just something from the movie that just made me laugh. And again, I that's think it's, I think it's McCord kind of secretly stealing the scenes he's in again. Um, very good at that, by the way. I, very, he's very I, good. I, I, it kind of made me remember that I, I, I miss watching him on the broadcast. For like, sure, yeah. He's and, all, he's awesome. I mean, and to a certain point, when he and Faraday were going back and forth for years on CBS, those guys just had such good rapport and just the just kind of the nonsense that they would throw out there was amusing to listen to. And I just don't have that's the part that I just don't see right now you might see like you got Colt Nost out there trying to play the part but he's trying real hard to be funny but it just came natural to McCord he's just he's just awesome and, and kind of doing the research that's where um the director said he, he just loved McCord he's like I love your bullshit <laughs> he's like I, that's why I want you involved with the movie I love your bullshit and he's like I kind of love that you got kicked out of the masters as well um so I, just, I don't know I just thought that was cool best scenes um, give me one or two here. Well, I mean, it's so easy to say, you know, the scene, um, I don't want to say the final scene, but it basically is on the 72nd hole of the open and him taking the 12, but finally bearing it. It's an easy, like an obvious choice. It's not actually my favorite though. My favorite is, uh, my second favorite is the one in the bar where Molly is betting that he can hit, he can knock the, the, the stork the or whatever off the, yeah, the pelican. Yes. Yep. So uh, my favorite scene though, is in the, uh, the charity event held by Sims. You've got some really good characters in there. I mean, you've got, uh, you got Gary McCord, you got a baby Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Uh, you got, you got the walrus out there betting yep. that his caddy can put it on the green. He even blamed his caddy for him dumping it in the lake because his caddy said he could do it. So he's, he's out there betting. Um, the sim lays up with the seven iron conservative shot and cup says 13 years on tour and you're still a pussy. And then cup takes the shot knowing that if he does, uh, no matter what happens, he's probably walking off the course and he knocks it on the green to about 20 feet. And uh, Sims tells him to take a, a hike that the loop's over. And uh, I, that's probably my favorite scene. And then he dumps his bag out and everything goes crazy and they cut to like sports center. Right. I like, yeah. I like that scene. I did like, I, yeah, it was like Mickelson before he's really Phil Mickelson. Um, St sure. St Sadler kind of, kind of stunting in that scene. Kind of liked him there. Um, yeah, I like that one. You already mentioned, I of course the seventy second hole scene of the open. I have it here. Um, I just I said I loved Nance. Kind of also Nance before he's really Jim Nance. Um, probably mid thirties at that point, but inventory back. In the, I mean that was kind of a. When I started watching golf, he was he was the lead analyst, the voice. Kind of cool to see him back there. But um, I loved I loved the production truck scenes. <laughs> the the I, I yeah. just loved their little yeah. back and forth. That I just I enjoyed that. Um, I had the pelican scene as well, and I already mentioned the uh, the, the local qualifier scene with 
then breaking all the clubs except the seven iron. Then he goes on to shoot even par on the back nine with just a seven iron. Um, his favorite club that he, he mentioned several times. Um, I said I had best acting performance. I think we've kind of already been through that. It's kind of where we kind of started there in the first 20 minutes. I think we agreed Costner was probably the guy there. Who did the most with limited seeds? This is kind of my favorite. Um, I, have, uh, I was kind of I was kind of torn on that one. Well, Go ahead. I feel like I feel like when we did Days of Thunder, there was more there's more candidates for this because I feel like you got the predominant four characters, then you got you got Roy's you know his his crew, but they're not they're so minor. I, that's where I threw in McCord and Nance. Um, I again, I just we just kind of already been over it with, with McCord, but I just think yeah, every scene he's in, he steals them. Um, it's funny as hell. He's just fun to watch. Who do you have? Uh, I, I, it, it's between McCord and Doreen. I don't know how much you like her character, but I, I, I don't. There's something. <laughs> There's something that's believable about her. She, to me, she was like the nineties, like the nineties movies had that chick. And for some reason, it's just like that same chick. And she was, she looked like she was about 50 years old, but she was a stripper. Very strange, but it's so hard to like, look back and watch movies because we'll watch stuff all the time from the nineties. And we'll be like, why did everybody look so old in the nineties? You know, that guy's 38 years old and he looks 54 you know i so that i don't know how old she was in that movie but uh i thought she did she had very limited time but like everything was kind of important if she was in the scene uh, no matter if it was talking to molly about tin cup kind of explaining some of the past stuff or you know buying well getting paid in a driving range um for money that's owed to you uh from and that she used to date Tin Cup. So I I liked her character. Um, I don't necessarily agree that Costner was the best, by the way, for acting performance. I think Cheech was. I think Cheech did awesome in that. I mean, maybe I just like Cheech, but like I really thought he did a good acting job in that movie. He did. I think you just like him, but this has that has to be Costner. I mean, I it just has to be. I, this is his fucking movie. <laughs> it's literally his movie. Just because it's his movie doesn't mean he was. I mean, he was good. He's great. Oh, you he know, he great. did a very good job. No, for sure. I think Cheech was better, though. I I do think he was good. He was very good, but I just think Cheech was better. Yeah. Could this be made into a Netflix series? I think anything can be made into a Netflix series. It just depends for one, how long you want this thing to go on. You know, I could see this movie being made into like a three or four season, nine or 10 episode Netflix thing, but you would have to like, you'd have to get in a little deeper to the relationship that 10 cup has with his little group of buddies. You don't really know them too well. You just mm -hmm. see them, but you don't really, you know, one guy caddies for him the one time because him and Romeo had their thing, but, like, I, I, I think anything could. I think this is no different. I think it's it. It would just have to be well written. Um, I the only problem I have is 
the summit of this movie is the final scene. So you would almost have to build either. You'd have to do a lot of flashbacks and, 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 and be in real time in certain episodes. And then, you know, yeah. so I, I think it could be done. Um, you're not going to get Cheech and, you know, to Kevin Costner out there. And shit, I don't, I don't know what her name's up. What, what's her name? Molly. Uh, I don't know what she's up to these days, it's, but it's, uh, it's disrespectful. <laughs> I think uh, I I think there would be potential, but you can't you can't go too far into the the, the golf only stuff. It has to be for wider audience, broader appeal. Some of the romantic stuff, the comedy, I think, would be important to kind of. I I thought of it as like okay, Roy McAvoy. We we know where it ended. What's he going to do next? Molly in the final scene mentions you go to Q school. You can do this, and you know maybe maybe that's a maybe that's a season. You know, following his trials and tribulations through Q school. Does he get his card? And but again, you got to mix so much comedy and good writing into these kind of things, and then also character development with all these other these other people. I, I think there's potential there, but like I, I maybe a season something like that I are think you saying something like a ted lasso where you're you're throwing in a lot of other stuff but there is still soccer in the yes yes that's a good that's a, that's a good comparison yeah ted lasso did it right yeah. And, and yeah i just don't know if a golf type series would have the same appeal and maybe it wouldn't matter the sport as long as the writing's good the characters are good they're interesting they're funny you care about them you know, you care what happens to them. And, you know, I don't know, maybe I was kind of like, I would care about Roy McAvoy. What, I wouldn't know what happens to him after that. What, you know, what, where does he go with this career? Does he, does he go for it? And does he, does he miss out on qualifying? Does he go back to the driving range? What happens? Um, all right. What's the recast? What you do you know? The, the, you said you're worried about the golf thing. You know, when you're you're talking about what a golf movie fly, you know, golf's probably more popular now than it's ever been. Like it's crazy popular. It's true. That's true. It keeps the game keeps getting bigger, which I think is awesome, but it's also kind of like the bro generation where, you know, you see all these bros on the course and they have nothing against them, you know? But at the same I'm I'm glad that they're trying golf, but like I don't are know. The, I, I think. Are you? <laughs> I think I'm still so. I think I'm still so traditional with golf. I am, but like I understand. I listen to music when I'm playing golf. I listen to music when I'm doing everything, though. So like, I don't blare it so the whole golf course hears it. But like, I listen to it. I like to hear it. So that's something that I never thought I'd do. We didn't. I didn't ride a cart until six, seven years ago. I mean, we walked every round. So right. You know, I, but I, I guess enough of that's built into me and probably just my age that, you know, I think I've, I've seen golf grow so much like in the last 10 years. And I do think it's great for the game and to see new people play. Um, so I think it could totally fly. That's true. The, that's a good point. Maybe you look at what Netflix has done with Full Swing. Uh, you know, great show. Great show. It's coming back for season two. Can't wait. Um so you, yeah, you're right. If, if golf is the vehicle for a good story, I think that's fine. 
so yeah, I think I think it could be done. It's it's just like most TV shows, the writing is the most important thing. It really sure. is. Um, I mean, pickleball is popular. They could do this shit with pickleball now. <laughs> I'm not in on a pickleball. I'm not in on. That. I just I I I I want regular old school tennis. That's that's my thing. You remember when we used to play racquetball, though? That was a fucking blast. That was it's way better yeah. than pickleball. You can kill a dude in there. Like you can you can hurt a dude pretty bad <laughs> because we both did it. You know, I not will. even on purpose. You know, yeah. like you just you just miss hit it right in the guy's back of his head. You know, like it's it's wild what goes on in there. And that was that was a lot of fun playing you know, racquetball in the morning. I, I I miss that. I, I yeah, it's great cardio too. All right, so the recast. You said you you had a couple, or at least uh, Amanda helped you think of a couple, or maybe she did. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure she came up with all these. Uh, I do agree with them, but like, I'm not, I'm not good enough with this shit. She's, I, I mean, she came up with this list in probably five minutes. So just kind of watching the movie. Okay. Um, we'll start with Cup. I. She said, and I, I agreed, or maybe I actually came up with this one. She said somebody else. I came up with this one. I said Woody Harrelson. Mm. Uh, he's, mm. he's a 90s guy. I think yep. he would have been pretty damn good in that role. Um, Romeo, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I <laughs> uh, brought, a, brought a twister guy over. I think, <laughs> I think he could, could have been pretty good in that role. Uh, Molly, I had Michelle Pfeiffer. Is this another yeah. classic 90s? Yeah. yeah. Um, Sims, uh, Carrie Ools, or Jonas <laughs> Miller, Russ Wheeler. I really think that he would be the perfect fucking villain uh, once again. The guy yeah. is just him. Uh, and then I had Doreen as Rosie Perez. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I <laughs> I like the Carrie Ules play. I didn't I didn't <laughs> see on, that though. one. I didn't see that one coming. But yeah, it would work. It would work. Um, I'm I'm disappointed to say the only one that I recast was uh was Roy's character. I had McConaughey. Okay. Yeah. It's a young McConaughey at the time though. If if you're looking for someone that has some more tread on the tires that then it wouldn't it wouldn't work, I guess. Um like costume right. at the time. But um I I just as far as like kind of the uh, charming character where you would you would give a shit about them. I, I just think he would play into that really well. I I I really love McConaughey. What he's done, some of some of the projects he's done. Like I I just finished True Detective season four, uh, one of my favorite shows. Go but going back to season one where he and Woody Harrelson as like my favorite season of uh, television ever. Uh, True Detective season one. I will stand up for that one. Um, picking this. I've never seen an episode of that, so Good, check that out. So, 2014. That's that one season. It was amazing. Those two were awesome. Yeah. Uh, picking nits. This is my favorite category because it's so easy <laughs> for these type of movies. Um, I have. I'll start here. Um, at the U.S. Open, I don't know if you noticed where Roy's Winnebago was parked during the event. Yes, would, right by the TV. Uh, yeah, the right by the truck. right by the CBS trailer. I, I just, I'm like, that can't happen. 
there's there's just no world where that would actually happen uh in the charity events um the three wood that roy hits that you were talking about earlier on the green uh significant amount of backspin on that that's shot. on my list dude <laughs> okay. i was very upset because it was multiple <laughs> okay. times it was multiple well, times it, well it, when, he, ri- when he went for oh, no, no, on the 72nd hole the open he yes. spun it off the front yes. twice and even when he made it it was like a side backspin like side door kind of drop in so like right. that's not going to happen with a three wood well yeah really that first shot he hit his first approach into the 72nd hole was pin high uh, that was with the three wood that would not yeah. come back as bullshit. No way. No um, way. That, yeah, that's, that's, but yeah, but yeah, the backspin w- was really triggering for me. Um, I also have Peter Jacobson won the U.S. Open. Um, you had like, <laughs> you had guys like just, you had Corey Pavin make a cameo. He had just won, uh, I think the 95 Open. Um, you had Fred Couples in there. Um, just do better. Do better than Jacobson went in. So that's a couple I started with. <laughs> um, well, one thing that has bothered me always about this movie is the scene where he had just pawned his golf clubs because he owned owed uh, Doreen more money. So he pawned his clubs, and then he went out and played that dude for – uh, $400 and <laughs> he was playing with yeah. the garden tools and yes. you know he's he's down there you know doing the pull shot with the putter and he's chipping out with a shovel or he's in a bunker and they're like I don't want to see a scoop I want to see and unrealistic as shit I did not appreciate that part I, they could have done anything else for that I did he really I hit, probably, did, he, did he really hit the shot though out of the sand with the shovel because it looked real it looked like he did it because I was like, he can't hit it out of the bunker without scooping it. And it seemed clean. It seemed it like did. he did hit the ball first. Yeah. I don't know how he did that, but it was pretty awesome. And then he was like teeing off with like a baseball bat. Yeah. I'm like, who would even bet him anything? You know, like that was just a weird scene. And something else about, okay. So he, he says at one point in the movie that he can hit a seven iron 237 yards. And then we're supposed to believe that from the fairway, that he couldn't hit his three wood. I understand in the amateur or the, the thing is like when he was in the charity event, he had his three wood and that was out of like deep rough. Yeah. And cause they made the comment that a, a, he'd be surprised to see a pro get it out of here, let alone this, this guy. And then he sticks it, but then he's two thirty out and he can't get it to the green several times. And then if he does, he's got all kinds of backspin on it. He didn't have any backspin when he was back there in the rough. So um, that, okay. The, the scores that he shot in the U S open. Yeah. 83. uh, That was a big talk about because that was, you know, the scene uh, in the clubhouse where he hit the hooded four iron out there. And then he shot 62, 64 and the 78 with a 12. I don't know where he finished, but this is a wild set of, I mean, is it, yeah. maybe this is possible for an, an amateur golfer, like he is supposed to be, you know, like an amateur golfer that has a really low floor. 
um, and a pretty high ceiling. It's an extre- extremely 80, high ceiling. Your middle rounds, your middle rounds uh, at a U.S. Open, you shot 900 and 700 back-to-back at a U.S. Open. Uh, so yeah, you have the highest of high ceilings and lowest of floors for sure. Pretty wild shit there. Yeah. Um, God, I'm trying. I know that I, I wrote something else down. Um, oh, it's just an interesting fact about the movie. Um, and, and maybe you looked this up in your research, but um, most of the movie was recorded in. Uh, some parts of Arizona, and then at this Texas course, uh, it's called Deerwood Country Club. You know that they have on hole 13, they have a placard where it says Tin Cup. That's where the movie was shot. That's where that shot was. That's the 13th hole on this course. It's an actual par five. Um, but at, at 230 yards from the pin, they have a plaque on the ground that has his name and the fact that the movie was made there and stuff. I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. It's a course you can play. So that might have just been something that inadvertently got added to my golf bucket list just because of this movie. And I think that would be a pretty awesome situation to go there and play that that course just for that reason. Yeah. Those are good. The I was looking, yeah, the 83-62-64-78 finish. <laughs> <clears throat> one under 287. I don't know where that put him in the in the standings. I don't know if that got him a top 10. You know, on the broadcast, they were saying he's going to play himself out of a master's berth. Because like, I think if you finish top 12, right, something. But So I think it's still top 10, which is a great week. Great week overall. Um, I did read in the research that the crowd around the green – didn't know what the fuck was going on when he was hitting so many <laughs> shots into the green. They didn't know what, what the purpose was. They were confused. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. And Costner himself said that was a miserable day of shooting because he had to hit so many golf shots, especially to that last or to that hole. Um, yeah. So that I, that's, I, that's all my picking nits, but, it feels a little kind because again, there, there there was a lot that you could really go with. I I talk about the golf being, this is here's, here's a, I got two weird ones, two weird ones for Costner. Um, I know you noticed this shit because we used to talk about it all the time, but he had the, uh, the old Jeff Fisher sunglass situation going on. Um, Yeah. the, The old strap, yeah, yeah, that bothered me. I don't know if that was just a '90s thing or what the fuck that was, but that bothered I think me. So. I think so. And then when he was going to see Molly for the first time, you know, he's walking in, um, and he's got the uh, the golf pants on, uh, the golf shoes with the removed spikes. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the 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 short sleeve shirt with the tie, and then a hat on. I don't know why that whole look just it just. It kind of creeped me out a little bit. You know, I just didn't like that. Uh, the stupid things, but uh, that mm-hmm. would probably be the only things that I would pick, nitpick about. And so, but yeah, those two things. I think, I think that's all I had on them. Yeah. Oh, I did. No, one more thing. One more thing. So before the final round, when we see the, the his, where his campers parked um, next to the CBS thing, it is pouring down rain. Uh, Romeo standing outside, 
They're doing their business inside. There's literal like buckets of rain. The next day when they go to the course, doesn't even look wet at all. Nothing looks wet. <laughs> it's so unbelievable. That was like, soon as they did that, Amanda and I looked at each other like, what the fuck? You know, like that's just poor writing there. Sure. Obviously to get Romeo out of the camper so they could do their thing. But like, they didn't even make it look wet at all. Could just be an immaculate ground screw though as well. I mean, USGA run event. What? I don't know how Texas courses take water. So if it was a river bend, it'd be fine. But I don't know <laughs> about so, Texas courses. It was it was like the Pelican scene, right? And then immediately after that, then it's it's uh, it's them having sex, right? Like that was yeah, the point yeah. where it was like. Man, the chemi- the chemistry between them came to a head finally, and I just thought it was it was kind of a weird transition, you know that 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 whole thing was kind of fun to watch, and then it was like it came to a head there. It's just a little weird. Well, uh, when she she came and put money on him, and then it was like she had his back, and he kind of knew it, and then. You know? I think you could see Dave, David kind of knew it at that point, too. Because I think yeah. he said, you're all fucking nuts. Yes. And and Kevin Costner uh, is undeniable. So, like, he got he got what he wanted. He's inevitable. It's going to happen. What I, it's what I said about Patrick Mahomes a couple weeks ago. He's, he's inevitable. <laughs> That's uh, right. The, the last thing that I wrote for Picking Nets was it did seem uh, Roy was – everything he mentioned was – even Nicholas didn't do that three or four times a lot of a lot of nicholas references but i guess at the time one year before tiger popped up right 90 this movie came out 96 nicholas was it nicholas was like that was that was the bar um what age the best what age the worst yeah what age the best what Um, age the worst i'm gonna do my worst first just because there's just a few things um i did not like uh, and I don't think it would be well recepted these days. The way that uh, Cup got pretty handy, handsy with uh, Molly at their first, uh, you know, the whole mood Me Too thing. I don't think that would go over well if you went to a lesson and dudes grabbing your hips. Um, no. no. The uh, I still think the plane for four hundred dollars with garden tools. It's just that to me, this sucks. It's just stupid. Um, something Boone said, the guy that he played for money. I don't think this would go over well these days either. He said uh, he'll call the INS on Romeo and call him a fucking midget. So um, I don't think uh, those things age well. I don't know what else. I didn't really know what to put in there. So um, category. Yeah. um, Yeah. Go ahead. I I had as the worst, and this is my only one, the the John Daly references. Um, They talked about Roy said his seven iron was like Daly's three iron. And then during the broadcast, they mentioned that the only player to reach the par five and two, the I, maybe it was during the first or the second round during Roy's potential was record breaking round that the only one to reach the green and two was John Daly. Uh, and obviously, at the time, that was Daly, I guess, was one of the guys as far as long hitters. Um, right. As a reference point, at what age is the best? I, I just simply wrote Jim Nance. I mean. He, that is very good. Yeah, he has established himself from this movie almost thirty years ago. He's still the guy. 
doing Super Bowls, doing the Masters. Uh, I think he's kind of out of the college basketball scene now. Is that right? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. He stepped away from that a couple of years ago. Got to focus on the Masters, man. We got to have him there. He still is the elite broadcaster um, for at least a couple sports. And then uh, I said, what age the best is uh, Costner as a golfer? It's, it, it aged well as far as him, his golf swing, his believability in the movie. Um, it all, I, I bought into the whole thing still. So I think what aged the best, I just have one thing, and that is that this movie, in my opinion, has the most memorable and iconic scene of any golf movie I've ever watched. And that is the eight, 18th on Sunday at the U S open and everything that transpired. And, you know, even though it, it was for 12, he still made it. And like the crowd, I mean, that whole scene was just believable and it, and it, what it, it made the movie, but it also like, I don't think a lot of people would understand or I guess like even golf people probably would remember that scene from that movie, you know, or not golf people, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a golf thing. You know, I, I think it's just a memorable scene from a movie. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Hoosiers, you know, like the, when they win this, the state championship, like it's just a very memorable. And I think as far as golf movies go, um, I think it beats, uh, what Happy Gilmore did uh, to Shooter. So, would would it have been a better ending if they just had him lay up, hit a wedge in there, and make the birdie to win? No, no. I mean, it's that, that's the. I mean, that's the whole thing, and it's the the risk reward thing. And you know, he he didn't just risk it once; he risked it until he made the shot, which is you know, kind of unheard of, but we know of pros that have taken huge scores. In fact, Charlie Woods made a 12 today. Not that he's a huge star, but he did make a 12 today on a par four. So, um, you know, th there's uh, been some pros that have taken some pretty damn big numbers. Um, I sure. was going to ask you what kind of situation, because I couldn't think of any, and, and you're a little bit more uh, with historical things. You're a little better. Um, like what parallels that scene in a real golf tournament? Does you can you think of anything right off the top of your head? I, I can't. I can think of one where this person was in the prime position to win a major championship, and they totally shit kicked it away by just lack of strategy, and their brain broke. And that was that French um, guy. Is the 1999 Open Championship with Jean Vanderbilt? Yeah. It's the yeah. only thing I can think of, as far as where if they just played even with an ounce of intelligence, he makes a double bogey, he wins the Open. Um, I mean that <laughs> that that and it's like a dream is, position to go into, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. knowing that if you you make double, you're going to win, you know, like that's an unbelievable feeling coming to the last hole. So, yeah, I guess I agree with that one. I mean, I, I thought of that one, but I, I, in my head, I couldn't remember exactly when the round where that took place, but yeah, the fucking 72nd hole. I mean, it was just a wow. series of bad and then worse decisions. And 
And then he makes like a 12-footer for seven just to get into the playoff. I mean, it was pretty incredible. But that's the closest thing. I mean, you know, it's just I, I my argument with should they have changed the ending. It, you're right. The ending is the way it is, and it's memorable for – we we wouldn't remember the movie the same way if he had just won or if it was a tidy, you know, finish. But it's just not realistic. <laughs> it's for sure. I, I was, you know, if he goes for that that green and two to try to two putt for birdie in the win, totally believable. It's it's when that he would take a drop, obviously, and then he would he would have what a seventy yard wedge shot to try to get up and down for par. Um. I mean, but again, you can, I guess you just look past some of the ridiculousness of him hitting that shot five times or whatever it was and, and then holding it for 12 because, again, that just played into who he was and who he was as a person. And then two minutes later, when he walks up the green, I just blew the US Open. Very Roy McAvoy playing both sides, being this head case. And, you know, I'm, I'm playing the role, but man, when I look back, I, I really, I really, I fucked that up and I'll never get that chance again. So I guess, I guess I get the, I get the ending why it was, it's memorable, but not, not real realistic. Well, Molly said it. Molly said it at the end when she said in 10 years, nobody's going to remember who won this tournament, but they're going to remember this. I did like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was very quotable too. Um, and, And, and I guess that's kind of, for me, what sets this movie apart is the, the main character, the lead character didn't win, you know, like Bagger Vance, uh, Happy Gilmore, uh, the greatest game ever played, uh, Seven Days in mm-hmm. Utopia. I don't know if I know any more golf movies off the top of my but all those, the guy wins, you know, and it's a happy ending. This one's a happy ending, but he doesn't win. And, and maybe that's the message too, you know, like you don't always have to win to have a happy ending. So, yeah, true. All right, so last question. Where does it rank for you with golf movies? I mean, is it at the top or is it below some of the others you mentioned? Um, for, me, for, for me, it's at the top. For me, it's at the top. I know you're, you're partial bagger. I'm not. I don't think bagger's a good movie. <laughs> um, I'm just. I am at, I'm actually partial. I think my, I think it's probably like a, it's a top three. Um, I think my favorite is the greatest game ever played. I think that is probably that Shia Shia LaBeouf. Uh, no, that one. Oh, it is. Yes, this sorry, Fran- that Francis, is. Francis Lament. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think there's something about that that time in golf that yeah. I think that's kind of why the Bagger Vance thing is there for me too. Is because it's set back. Um, early golf or earlier golf in America and twenties and thirties. And it, it's just a different, there's just something about the game then uh, when they're out there playing with basically sticks and uh, yep. just to think how amazing the shit that they were doing was because we were just blessed with unbelievable technology. And uh, there's just something about golf from that time that, that is appealing to me, but this movie has a lot of parallels to life and I do appreciate that part of it. So it's definitely better than Caddyshack. You know, a lot of people say Caddyshack's the best ever. And I think that movie sucks. You know, like it's, there's only a few funny parts. You got to really like Rodney Dangerfield. And I don't know anybody that really likes him. So 
there's some good shit in that movie. There's some funny I, shit. I, I feel like that's more like kind of making fun of the country club scene. A little you know, bit, yeah. And and the Bill Murray stuff. I was I thought Bill Murray was a lot better in a lot of other movies. Yeah. But he is um, he's very good in that movie. He's no, just, no, I just plays. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, so, I'm, yeah. I, I'm with I'm with you on Caddyshack. But yeah, I, I can always watch Happy Gilmore, but it's 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 a totally different vibe, and it's purposefully that way. Um, this, from a golf standpoint, just there's that there just feels more real, more realistic for a lot of different reasons. But you know, at the time that was Adam Sandler in his heyday, um, right? And and we we loved. I mean, fuck, we when when. Uh, uh, what's his name passed away chubbs a couple weeks ago i mean we we texted each other right after um so still impactful 30 years later um that kind of stuff um but yeah i, I think this is at least top three for me it's up there at the top um and uh it was a good rewatch uh so yeah for anyone that hasn't seen it in a while um got an open open evening i i, I highly suggest checking it out i, I think it's a i think it's a solid rewatch it's a good movie. It's uh, it's a lot better than I gave it credit for last summer. Because when we first started talking about this, I'm like, good, that movie sucks. I have a different <laughs> opinion. And I rewatched it, and I was like, okay. And I kind of watched it and paused it and wrote stuff down and found out how quotable it was. And there is a, there's like a new appreciation just over the last week for the movie. Um, but it's time for me to maybe dabble with some of these other ones. I haven't seen Bagger Vance for a few years. Uh, I haven't seen several of those. Uh, so, and they're all good. If you're a golfer, you know, like, I don't know how you haven't seen Tin cup, but check it out. Yep. Uh, so, so what's next? Are we, so I, I think Hoosiers has to happen. Hoosiers needs to happen. Um, I, I really want to do twister with, uh, the new twister coming out. Um, I, I want to do twister as well, for sure. We, we may do twister like after we get back from our, storm chasing vacation because we really have high hopes that we're going to see some shit, you know, technology's cool. We can track these storm chasers. We'll know where they're at. And, uh, we're going early April, uh, early mid April. That should be a perfect time to drive out there and, uh, if we can get killed or not. Well, that might be a podcast in itself was just the experience. If it's, if it's amazing. Um, well, yeah, it, it could be. I'm hoping, but my luck will go out there and it'll be the driest part and we'll just drive to Wakita for no reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have I have Hoosiers on at some point in the next in the coming months for sure. Um, I would always do Rudy. I don't think you were a Rudy guy from what I remember. Um, You're going to probably have to get like Ryan Quinlan to do that. <laughs> we know he sure. won't be. He won't be with me, but I, I love <laughs> I love Rudy. Um, I, 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 yeah, that's one of my favorites. Um, so we'll have to see what else is out there as far as sports movies specifically, but I think Hoosiers might be the next one we, we tap into. All right, Tim, as always, appreciate the thoughts and the time for Tin Cup. Yeah, I had a good time. It was fun. Uh, thanks for inviting me on and, uh, we'll see you next time. I might get to come on sometime. If I could pick a winner for golf or something good, maybe well, I could come on. Well, the last few times I've invited you on the golf shows, you're like, I, you know, I just, I don't, I don't want to fucking come on and talk about the PGA Tour or trying to predict winners. I'm just, I'm just not there. So, I'll <laughs> be you, honest. Like you this, let me know. This last, 
last like three months, like I've really got in deep with the PGA tour. I don't know why I'm just very interested in the players. I'm interested. I've, I literally watched golf all last weekend. I didn't want to do anything else. I just wanted to watch that event. I just thought that it, it was, was a very good event. It was great. And yeah. the golf was really good. Um, and, and even uh, the Phoenix open, I really enjoyed that one. You know, like the, there's been some really good events. There's such, such good competition out there where it's very hard to pick a winner because <clears throat> hey, it's not 10 guys that could win now. You know, it's, it's, 50 guys, 60 guys that could win a tournament. And it's, it's great for golf. It's, it's a, it's an awesome time to, uh, to be part of golf. And I say this every year, this is my favorite stretch of watching the PGA tour with some of the courses with Pebble and Phoenix and then Riviera and not so much this week, but, and then they go to the Florida swing and uh, players coming up all leading up to the masters. I just think it's the best run of events they have so i'm with you for sure all right uh check us out on youtube uh and uh no picks this week for mexico obviously since it's already started but hopefully we'll come back with a regular episode next week and tony uh, finau yeah see this is kind of his events we'll see how that works out and uh hopefully Next couple of weeks, get into some of the local golf stuff coming up for the upcoming season with FWGA and uh, Three Rivers. So thanks for joining us as always, and we'll catch you next time.